and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the titular boyfriend. And I <laughs> the titular boyfriend and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I get weird because I'm not even in the title. You're not in the title. But I am your boyfriend. You, am, you are the boyfriend. Nice yes. to meet you. How are you doing? <laughs> Congratulations. You, you get to run the chocolate factory now. <laughs> you stole fizzy lifting drink. Good day, sir. You get nothing. Is what you said to your ex. What are we doing this week? We are doing our first, another milestone for this show, mm-hmm. our first requested episode. Yeah. So... The request for this episode comes on buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod. Mm-hmm. Where you can go to keep us caffeinated if yes. you love us. Via friend of the show at Jared Good. Yes, our number one boy, Jared Good, who has been with us from the very start of this podcast, I think. And near, near enough, yeah. yeah. And he requested a while ago, that we watch Anna in the Apocalypse. Yes. Which neither of us have ever seen. And we, at the time, were just kind of like, oh yeah, sure, I'm sure we'll get around to it, whatever. Next Halloween, because yeah. the title of it to me says it was a kind of spooky one, you know, mm-hmm. Apocalypse. Yeah. That's a scary word. And then Jared told us that it is actually a Christmas horror musical. Well, yes, please. 100% on board. And then he was lovely and bought us lots of coffees. Yes, and was like, comes with a catch. Yeah. You can have this coffee, provided you cover Anna and the Apocalypse. And we are more than happy to fulfil that request. Yes, indeed. So this is the kickoff to our Christmas season. Yeah. We do have a really good schedule for the next month for you listeners, we are starting off today with Anna and the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Next week, meet me in St. Louis. Yes. And then we are going to be covering Netflix's Christmas on the Square. So excited to watch that film. That's I, another one we haven't seen. So No, but I also think Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. really, really one of the unsung heroes of this show. Like somebody who we love has cropped up a few times and has always been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like Rob Marshall. Mm. Then, 21st, Elf the Musical. Yes, if we can access it. Yeah. That's a question mark one. But we said we might do White Christmas instead yes. if we can't access also Elf. Also, if I can access that. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, the movie. But I'd want to watch the musical. Oh, there's options. Yes. I like it when there's options. And then we will culminate 2020 with The Prom. Yeah. Also on Netflix. So Which we have... I'm going to watch The Prom before... Like, so I can watch it and have opinions about it, and then we will watch it together. And I will do some Christmas wrapping. Yeah, while I watch that. So we have a really, really exciting final month of 2020 for you listeners. Yeah. But we might not reach the end of it. No. Because it's the apocalypse. Yes, indeed. So I really do know nothing about this one. I, I know absolute zero. I really don't know a whole lot either. I obviously did the cursory research yes. that I do for all of these musicals that we talk about. But I did kind of want to go into this without knowing a whole lot about it. So yeah. I haven't listened to the soundtrack. No. Or I, like watched any videos of it. I do know, because you told me this, mm-hmm. there are three cuts of this film. Yes. There's the American cut. Mm-hmm. Then there's the four minutes longer UK cut. Mm-hmm. 
and then there's a director's cut. Yeah, so the the original cut, which is the festival cut, because it was released at a festival, yes. is 108 minutes long. Cool. The US version is 93 minutes long, and the UK slash international version is 98 minutes long. So I think we gained a song. But... That's the version we are going to be watching. We are watching it via Sky Movies today. Mm-hmm. You know, Anna and the Apocalypse is on that under their Christmas yeah, section. It's very exciting. So it is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So obviously, those of you who are fans of the director's cut, apologies if we do gloss over any of your favourite jokes or moments. That's because they won't be in the version we're watching. So yeah. please feel free to tweet us. DM us, mm-hmm. let us know the jokes that we've missed out on that are worth watching. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only way you can watch the the full festival cut is if you own the DVD and you watch the like extended edition. Yeah. But other than that, there aren't any versions of the full cut online. I wonder what they've cut then from our uk version from the american version do you think it is just an extra song? i think it's a song yeah based on so i looked at the song lists yes and our one has a couple more songs than the american one and obviously they're a couple less than the full cut. yes but Andrew the apocalypse came out in 2017 it is a described as a british christmas zombie musical film which most of it was done in Scotland. Cool. Yeah, which is very cool. It's directed by uh, John McPhail, which is a great name. Yes. Um, he worked a lot on Waterloo Road, things like that. You basically, you know, I Love Lucy. Where do we go from here? Although I don't know whether you'll know. No. No. I, I'm already a little surprised because I really assumed this was a American production. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense now why we have a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's British jokes that wouldn't land in the American version, but they've kept them here because, you know, Britain. Yeah. So it was, it's based on a short movie. Yeah. Released in 2010. Okay. Which was written by Alan McDonald and Ryan McHenry, and it was called Zombie Musical, basically. And it it had like a much, much shorter plot, and the idea that they were going to build upon to make a longer movie. But it was a very, very short film. Yeah. That they then decided, actually, we want to do something with this. However, Ryan McHenry, who was one of the writers for it, he got a BAFTA award for the short and he wanted it to be adapted into a full-length movie. However, before they started doing anything to it, he unfortunately died. Oh, Yeah. It was released posthumously. Okay. However, the other collaborator that worked on the screenplay with him, Alan McDonald, was heavily involved in the making of Anna the Apocalypse. Good. So... There, there was still that involvement there. So this isn't the sort of thing where the short was successful and then companies have bid for the rights to adapt it. It's actually still got the DNA of zombie musical. Yeah, it's still them. And the majority of the cast is largely unknown talent at the time, yes. anyway. And they did that because they wanted to keep it in the same sort of strain as <laughs> the short. Strain. <laughs> as the short 
film. I like that though. I I'm all for having very very familiar faces when we watch a show. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. But sometimes it's a lot of fun to just have people you've never heard of and watch me like I am a fan of this person now. Oh yeah, definitely. It was released at or premiered, sorry, at Fantastic Fest in September 2017. Yeah. And then it was later released in November of 2018 in the UK and the United States as a film. So it took like a full year then. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Was there much done in between the premiere and like, nope. was it a glorified preview? Yeah, basically. It, but, was, it was like a preview. But I also mean like, did you get like feedback from the audiences and be like, yes, we shall adapt this now accordingly or was it just like... Oh, no, no. The one that they showed at Fantastic Fest, that's the 108 minute one. Ah, so it's then then been edited down. They edit it down for for cinemas rather than. I faintly remember this coming out. Do you? Yeah, I very. I have literally never heard of this. This was the Christmas that we were both ignoring. Oh yeah, okay. The the final Christmas in the the BC times, like before we knew each other. That's true. And a Christmas that you know we both kind of skipped. We could have probably done with an apocalypse musical movie. Yes, but I think if you saw something marketed, if you, I know the headspace you were in, because mm-hmm. it was the same headspace as me. Yeah, in 2018, we both had the worst Christmases. Yeah. Because we'd both literally just been done. Well, I hadn't. I was still, like, suffering from, like, end of a summer romance. But, yeah. like... You know, I got dumped two weeks before Christmas, but, and it sucked. Yeah, so I think <laughs> so we were not doing Christmas that but year. But this was also the first Christmas I'd been single for a while, mm. so I was kind of like, "Bah humbug." Where are you, Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> but we were both, I think, actively avoiding anything with mm-hmm. Christmas attached to it. Yeah, for sure. This is one I, I, I know none of the cast. Mm-hmm. In my head, when I heard about it, it was always Anna Kendrick and the Apocalypse. <laughs> that like I could just picture. I mean, what's that? That it was is semi biographical. That like obviously not, but you know, like it'd be Anna Kendrick and and yeah. this. But I had no idea it was a musical. Mm-hmm. Had no idea it was a Christmas film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, a release mid September to early October to capitalize on on Halloween. Mm. Yeah. So they have said John McPhail the director, said that a lot of his influences in making this film were things like West Side Story and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, Rocky Horror is a very good, like, mm-hmm. halloween musical, I'd say. Like, it's kind of... I don't think it's scary, but I think it's it's got a good vibe for a Halloween night. Yeah. Also, Breakfast Club. Cool. Because ensemble cast. Yes. And also, specifically, Once More with Feeling. The, the Buffy, Buffy episode. episode. Oh, Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to love this one. Yeah. And then apparently there's also a lot of nods and references to Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Evil Dead, Shaun of the Dead, and Sleepaway Camp, which I don't know whether you've seen. I've never heard of Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp is amazing. It's zombie horror set at a summer camp. Cool. And everyone wears the like like wet hot American summer short shorts and nice. crop tops. Like, it's great. I like zomcoms yeah so me too. Shaun of the dead one of my most favorite films mm-hmm. you know i think it's absolutely hilarious that all comes from a joke on spaced yeah and 
the idea grew from there. I really like Zombieland, and I, I really enjoyed Zombieland too. Yeah. I think they are very good zombie comedies. Hmm. I didn't realise until now what I had been missing from both of those was music. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of music, the music for this film was composed by Tommy Riley and Roddy Hart. Yep. Who wrote songs for the last, the most recent seasons of Animaniacs, which is hilarious. You know what Animaniacs is? I do. Good. We watched the trailer where is we've brought back the Animaniacs as the Jurassic World parody. Mm-hmm. Or Jurassic Park, I should say. Yeah. They also were writing and arranging the music for Sony International's version of The Sopranos. Cool. Which was supposed to come out this year, but I actually haven't heard anything about that recently. Probably on hold, like the world. Probably. And they also worked on Sunshine on Leaf, which was a musical that came out yes. in sort of the wake of Mamma Mia. Yes, it's We're Walking on Sunshine. Whoa. No, that's Walking on Sunshine. Oh, is it? Yeah, I know that's so, another I've, one. I have heard of Sunshine on Leaf. Sunshine on Leaf is the one... Where they sing 500 Miles. Yes, the Proclaimers. Yeah. Yeah. Is that any good? It's okay. <laughs> we'll watch it at some point. It's a summer movie. Cool. We'll get Keep your eyes it. peeled for summer 2021. Yeah. Sunshine on Leaf coming your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are there any names attached to this as? actors that i would recognize since so we have ella hunt is playing anna she was in les mis the movie yeah not as a named character okay and then you've got malcolm Cumming, who basically the point is these are all unknown yeah but i wondered if like i might know them from anything they've done as a result of this uh not really because this came out in 2018 A lot of the actors in it seem to have not really done a whole lot since. Okay. So we've got Ella Hunt, Malcolm Cumming, Sarah Swire, Marley Sue, Ben Wiggins, Mark Benton, Paul Kay, Sean Connor. Not Sean Connery. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Ella Jarvis. It's a lot of young up-and-coming actors. Yeah. Which is very exciting. It's always nice to see new people. It is. It really, really is. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have my zombie survival kit by the front door. Do you? What is in your zombie survival kit? Band-aids. Excellent. (laughs) Um, A torch. Mm -hmm. But like a torch that doesn't need batteries that you can wind up. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, I'm not just a pretty face. (laughs) Oh, and of course, a machete. Why? I've never understood this. (laughs) Why why are machetes like the go-to... I, I think the problem with machetes is very much that they're it's close range. It's going to stuck, yeah. Well, yeah, that you've got to get really close to them, which, you know. I'll be on the roof with my archery set. Like, oh, you, you have an to. archery set? Yeah. That's convenient. It is. And then you can go down and get the arrows for me. <laughs> yeah, I might not survive this one. This might just be <laughs> a return, and it's just you talking about how much you enjoyed mm-hmm. the film whilst my Danny brain... Danny turned into a zombie. Yes. Don't worry, I'd look after you if you were a zombie. So you put me in the shed like Ed? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't feed you though. No. Sorry. You wouldn't let me nibble on your ear? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Are you ready for some festive zombie fun? 
I'm ready always for festive fun. I'm always ready for zombie fun. Put them together. I think we have got a match made in heaven. Me too. We will see you when the apocalypse is over. And hopefully we are safe and still human. So very shortly. different than before it's dawning this thing I've been waiting for and I'm flying my feet won't touch the ground I'm ready for turning my life around I'm waking spent too long playing dead I'm shaking these blues out of my head not letting anybody bring me down and I'm ready for turning my life around hey it's a brand new day and I'm miles away I am miles away hey away and it's a beautiful day and we are back barely just barely we survived the zombie apocalypse yeah we we lost a lot of good friends on the way though oh my gosh this (laughs) film obviously neither of us had seen it when we watched this movie this film was really good it was and I'm going to make the comparison to Stage Fright mm-hmm. because it's our kind of foray into the horror musical. Yeah. I didn't care about the people getting killed in that one. You know, even the ones I was maybe in supposed... Stage Fright. Yeah, yeah. I was maybe supposed to care about some of them. I didn't. I was upset. I was very upset. <laughs> and actually as well, like it's really good storytelling in kind of the orders of the deaths because... Mm-hmm. It's the logical thing. But damn, did not see it coming. And I think that's why it's so good is you care about these characters. And then when someone gets bit, it's difficult to process and deal with. Mm -hmm. So like excellent storytelling there. Yeah. And it's also through a lot of the storytelling conventions out. Yeah. Like there are a couple of things that I was like, oh, if this happens, I'm going to be really annoyed Mm -hmm. with specific movie tropes yes specifically to do with things like the final girl and romance within horror movies but it was very well the final girl is kind of broken a lot as well but you know we'll talk about the different tropes hopefully as we go on so i started a brand new journal for this one Mm -hmm. i've not really talked about my journals before how many have you gone through now i've gone through two yeah. So I started a brand new journal. My first one was a Slytherin journal that I've had for years and never had a purpose for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like glad to use it. And then I had well, a... Well done. Then, you know, I thought I'd continue the trend and I had a Deathly Hallows themed one. But this one, I thought, you know, it's, I'd break the mould. And I've actually gone with a really beautiful Legend of Zelda moleskin uh, diary. Yeah. And it's it's great. And I feel like 
I was kind of like, it has to hopefully be a really good show to christen this journal with. Yeah. Because I feel like anything we write after this point, it you know, it might tar the journal. Sure. We've got this journal off to a great start. Especially considering the front of your journal says it's dangerous to go alone take this. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really appropriate. If only, you know, my little embossed link had a candy cane and not a sword. Yeah. I really liked this one. Good. And <laughs> we start off with a great song. Christmas means present giving. Yeah. Well, I mean, the song is Christmas means nothing without you. But one of my favourite lyrics is Christmas means present giving. And I thought, Drew, I've got to ask, what does Christmas mean to you? Do you want a serious answer or like a silly answer? I want answer an answer. Or... I don't mind. What does Christmas mean to me? For me, Christmas is all about the Christmas drinks that you can get from Costa or Starbucks. I was going to say Christmas is about family. <laughs> no, I mean, Christmas is about family. Yeah. And the memories on the way. Mm-hmm. But for me, Christmas starts when you see the Coca-Cola advert. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which we saw for the first time <laughs> yeah. yesterday, which was amazing. That was oh, such yeah. a great moment. It is. I don't know if it counts if we're watching on YouTube because we don't watch terrestrial no, it wasn't TV. it YouTube one. Was it not? No, it was on 4 Oh, it was. It was on 4 yeah, OD. So that counts. It does count. I really, really liked this song. And we don't get the full version of the song. Hmm. Is it an actual Christmas song or is it written for this this show? It's a really good question. I actually have never heard this Christmas song before. Me either. But I don't think it was written for this. I'm sure I'm sure it's a proper Christmas song, but it's just not one I've heard. It has been added instantly to my Christmas playlist. Mm. Oh, see, I didn't add this one. I added the other yeah, Christmas Yeah, but song. I liked both of them. Yeah. What I really like here is Anna wants tunes instead of the scary zombie news. So they're in the car with her yeah. dad and with her best friend, John, mm-hmm. and... He turns the song off to listen to the news and you hear about like the zombies and like the virus spreading. Yeah, airborne virus, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And she leans over, changes the station. And I love that. Like mm-hmm. she's... That's such a Shaun of the Dead. There, oh, right. Wow. There's, a, there's quite a lot of Shaun of the Dead things that I've noticed here. Um, but they cite that. They yeah, said that that was their inspiration. That isn't me criticising. Actually, it made me love this even more because mm-hmm. I'm watching going, oh, Shaun of the Dead. Edgar Wright is one of my favourite directors. Of all time. I, I think I've said it in the past, but when I wanted to train to teach, we had to deliver a PowerPoint on a subject we were passionate about, somebody who inspired us. And I did a PowerPoint delivered about Edgar Wright. Yeah. Because I think he's a great director. Mm-hmm. And I'm still disappointed that he never fulfilled Ant-Man like he was supposed to. But hey-ho, swings and roundabouts. John gets Anna in trouble. Yeah. She's working hard to pay off a ticket. She's not going to go to uni and her dad isn't happy. I do not understand this as a concept. And I thought this when we were watching it. This concept of the parent in a movie about teenagers who isn't on board with them going travelling for a year. Like, I've seen this a bajillion times. I sound like I'm being really down on this. This movie was really good. This was just the one thing that I was like, I could live without okay, this. I kind of understand it. Dad is overprotective because it is just him and Anna. It's not like mum up and left. Mum died. 
And we don't ever, I think, learn why mum died. I don't know if it was a long illness, if it was an accident. I would assume, based on the fact that the dad's really overprotective of Anna, that it was an accident. Yeah, and he's lost her, and so he's more overbearing on Anna, who is frustrated by, understandably, because she is a teenager. Mm. But you can completely understand why dad gets it. I tell you how she died. She died in the great autumn attack of 2005. Sure. Yeah. Because he played Clive in Doctor Who. I recognised him and I was like, oh, he's in the episode called Rose. He's in the very first episode of the Doctor Who revival. Mm -hmm. Biggest star. Also, I saw him in a pantomime. Cool. He does sing. I didn't know he could sing, so I was really, really impressed with him. John is very clumsy. It's a good character trait. Instantly, like, made clear. So we, we cut into the school or the sixth form. And we see him knocking down all of the, the gifts. We get a great introduction to Steph. I love Steph. Steph is one of my favourite characters. She was my favourite character. Yeah. I felt like times, the way she presented herself, it was very like Lauren Lopez. Yeah, that I get that. Very Potter trilogy, mm-hmm. like her version Draco Malfoy with, you know, the sweater vests and the hair. Mm-hmm. I really like her character. And it's established that she's all on her own. Her parents have gone to Mexico. Yeah. Was she American as well? She was American, yeah. So her family have flown her here for a new life. They've left her at school. They've now gone to Mexico and her girlfriend isn't there either. She's all on her own. We don't establish where her girlfriend is, but we know that she's just not answering her calls right now. She's just not a good girlfriend, basically. And that's all we need to know. I love the way that Steph, like the physicality of this actor, which is Sarah Swire, she's great. And she seems just very awkward and uptight. And her development over the story is great as well. Yeah. We get hints that John is not sold on Anna's journey plans because he's quite like down about it. No, because he's really irritating. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like all supporting her to her, but behind the scenes he's rumbling about it. Yeah. Which is nice, teasing the tension that's going to develop over this film, I hope. I'm going to say this now. He is not a good friend. No. And he would not be a good boyfriend either. No. I think he's a good friend when he is just friend but the problem is he's so obsessed with having more he stops being a good friend because his actions become disingenuous Mm -hmm. i i I do think though at his core he does try to do everything for a misguided love of her that you can have friendship love and there's every chance he is just confusing that yeah but i liked the character i have to say Mm -hmm. a character i don't like however is mr savage Mr. Savage, first of all, incredible name. Yeah. And a great, a great character. Yes. But, like, so well written that I don't like him. Immediately. What is he even doing, though? Like, as a teacher, what kind of rule is it at this sixth form college where students can't park their cars at the school? No, they're allowed to park in the school. She's parking in the car park for the staff. To put all the Christmas drive stuff into her car, because it's right next to the door. I know. I, no, I don't understand. I agree. He is awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Yeah. He's He's gone corrupt with power because he is the head teacher elect. <laughs> elect, yeah. He's not even the head teacher yet. No, but he basically is because the current head teacher's Obviously doesn't checked care Checked out, yeah. We get a nice shot of him just like chilling out, having fun and just being like, oh, whatever. Mr. Savage just like glaring at him. Mm-hmm. I wrote here, 
I really hope Steph kills zombie Mr. Savage. Yes. It feels very much like that's what they're setting up at this point, that he is clearly the, the antagonist. We're not going to get any big mutated zombies mm-hmm. like a Resident Evil game. Anna, obviously, we know is the protagonist because yeah. it's Anna and the apocalypse. However, it feels like Steph has kind of that extra personal level at this point. Mm-hmm. I like him going all Dolores Umbridge around the school. We've got yeah. like two teenagers making out behind him and he shouts as he storms past withdraw your tongues that's hilarious that was a great line we find out that anna used to date nick yes who is clearly a jerk yeah however this is the point at which i'm like oh john's not a good friend because anna obviously feels gross enough about dating this guy as it was as it was there's obviously something really awful that's happened between them and i I think my brain instantly went to, oh, he tried something that she wasn't interested in. Yeah. And that's why they broke up. Or he was like pressuring her. And John, instead and John, of being a good supportive friend, has just been like, yeah, well, it was your fault. Can't believe what you saw in that guy. Why would you date that guy? He, should he be goes with a on nice about guy. it for the rest of the film. He even yeah. says the line in this next song. He has a line where he says, I'm starting to think that nice guys never get the girl. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care about you anymore, John. Was this breakaway? Yeah. Before we go into breakaway, though, we (laughs) do very quickly meet Chris. Mm -hmm. And I really like the sixth former lineup. I don't have enough time to pee, do I? Yeah. Just a nice, simple. Again. (laughs) It's a panic. Yeah, but it's a really simple introduction to him Mm -hmm. as well as a character that, you know, he's he's lovable. He's a nice, simple He is nice. However, he's quite forgetful. Breakaway's a great song. Breakaway's a great song. It's a really good character building song. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say more about it. I just enjoyed watching watching it. I think it was great. We got to meet a range of different characters. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yes, it definitely set up the relationship that we're going to have between Anna, Steph and John. Yeah. Because they're not friends with Steph. No, they're like acquaintances. She's just in their year. Yeah. And she obviously doesn't actually... Well, she probably is only... If they're on the verge of uni, because John's been applying to art school, Mm -hmm. so they must be... It's Christmas, so by May of next year, May, June, they'll be doing their A-level exams, ready to leave. Mm -hmm. So Steph has presumably only been in their year group for maybe a year and a half at this point. I reckon they'll have joined at the start of sixth form, maybe when, like, her family... And then they moved her there... And then after a few months, like, we're going to Mexico Mm -hmm. because she's older and dumped her there not knowing anyone. So I I can buy that. I like that we're in, like, a weird media slash film class and Chris is showing off his showreel and he does, like, a remake of Alien. Yeah. But it doesn't show anything about him. Mm -hmm. It's not good enough. It Mostly because he doesn't know what he wants out of the world. No, he's not got a big artistic vision. He's using films to have fun. Yeah, which there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. With that. Michael the, Bay from films are... From a teacher are, point of view. Yeah. You know, I love the Transformers films. They are garbage. Mm-hmm. But I like them. All of my favourite Christmas films yeah. are trashy. And we watched one of my favourite ones last night, Deck the Halls. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I tried to search it. It's got like two people we love from the podcast. Matthew Broderick and mm-hmm. Christian Chenoweth. It's got Danny DeVito. But... Don't get your hopes up. It's trash. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. 
And there's nothing wrong with that if that's a career he wants to pursue. But as a teacher, you've got to mark to a criteria. Yeah. And emulating isn't going to get you the same as creative vision. Yes. There are lots of hints to the plague, which I really like. So we see like the coughing kids and like Steph is writing the word strain, like family strain on Christmas, which I think is really cool. You know, we're getting these lovely little hints that something's bubbling beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And then we go to the school theatre. Yes. And we get a fantastic line from Anna. Mm -hmm. It's like Narnia threw up over Oz. Yep. Uh, that's my aesthetic i like the sound of that and lisa is like brilliant isn't it yeah we're introduced to lisa yeah she is going to be singing in the school show and for this entire interaction where we meet her there is some poor girl called katie who is trying to like hem her costume and she's just wearing this like blue ball gown thing yeah and (laughs) every time lisa moves this girl gets like dragged yeah. a little bit and there's a whole section where she turns round and this girl slams into like four chairs as she spins round. It's great. I really like Lisa. I'm really disappointed we don't get to see more of her through the film but at the same time I feel like her character works because of how we see her. Yeah. You know, and I still think yeah, she might be underutilised but if we saw her more would the film have the same impact with her character? Probably not. Mm. so i really like the character as they walk away does she move too fast and her whole thing rips as well yeah there's just a tearing noise which then when we see her wearing the dress later the entire train of it is just gone yeah so it obviously ripped off there's a really really interesting line after Mm. this sequence from mr savage hand sanitizer is your friend kissing is not yeah this show (laughs) is very relevant this christmas yep there's also a really nice moment we see as they're setting up the stage. We get like almost a Phantom of the Opera moment with the star. It is exactly a Phantom. And the star nearly hits Mr. Savage, but he watches out, mm-hmm. Drew. Remember this, that will be important later. Excellent. So we're in the front office at this point. Yeah. And Mr. Savage is appropriately savage about Anna's dad. Mm. He is doing my lights. He is nothing. I am the head teacher elect. Your yes. dad is just a carpenter, a no. cleaner man, whatever. Like <laughs> he's the janitor. Yeah, he's he, he's so dismissive. And they use the word janitor, despite the fact that this is a Scottish school. It is. Yeah. What do we call? What's the equivalent of a janitor? Sweepy. <laughs> no. It's a like caretaker. site staff. It's a site it? team or caretaker. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> Ah, this is one of my favourite jokes. So we've got Anna standing there and then we hear the uh, 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 noise and then we hear the puff of an inhaler. It's just a girl behind Anna trying to take her inhaler. The asthmatic zombie noises are brilliant. Mm -hmm. We get some flirtation with Nick and Anna. And the best moment with Anna's dad where he just walks over and goes, no. And she's like, no. And he's like, good. (laughs) and nick just like turns and walks away yeah so we are now in lunchtime Mm and they're talking about another student called henry lee and anna and lisa are having a conversation anna says henry lee has a prosthetic 
And then Lisa replies, yeah, Annie only has a leg. Because she doesn't... She doesn't understand. Like, she's so endearing. Lisa's not smart. No, but she's a really, really... I would say... Wholesome character in that she's loyal to her friends. She doesn't need to be smart. Mm -hmm. She's guided by morality. Yeah. I don't know. I like her. You know how... (laughs) In Cabin in the Woods, yes. you've got the tro- character tropes mm-hmm. and you have one to fulfill each thing. We have exactly the same thing in this Oh, movie. 100%, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she would be the... Anna would be the virgin, but the virgin is just the final girl. Well, exactly, as Cabin in the Woods and this demonstrate, you don't need to be a virgin to be a virgin. Yeah. The jock then? Nick. Yeah. Interesting that the jock doesn't die in this one mm. the fool is chris yes blonde is i know they don't call it the blonde but, but i don't like what they call it in yeah I know. Words. but the blonde is lisa so what does that make john john fulfills the fool as well yeah we've got a couple of doubles basically yeah yeah it, it's a fun kind of way around the the tropes which is why it was so surprising some of the choices that happened with the characters yeah we established that lisa has a very special song about santa for chris yes and and says has to be there you have to be there but chris does agree to help steph film the soup kitchen Mm -hmm. because he needs some truth in his in his work yeah and it's actually you get the sense that this is kind of the first time she's ever spoken to Chris because earlier in the media classroom, yeah. she's kind of derisively watching his Yeah, well, video. you've got different forms of media. She is... She's a journalist. Journalist, and he is a yeah. Hollywood filmmaker. However, this is really nice of her to yeah. try and... She's helping him out. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's kind of like... You know the episode of Friends where, like... Joey's you can't like, help somebody else without helping yourself. And, yeah. and Phoebe's all like desperate to prove it's like, I let a bee sting me to show off in front of its friends. Well, that bee probably died. It's a dead bee. Yeah. You know, this is it. There's no good deed done for, I guess, it, it, it plays into that idea. I, I like John because he's clearly a Marvel fan. And yeah, their whole thing about... Um... It's like... Iron Man doesn't have lasers. Correct. He has repulsor beams. And we go into one of my favourite songs. Mm -hmm. No such thing as a Hollywood ending. Yeah. Whoa. Life's not like the books, the films, the songs. I like that. Yeah. I like the lyrics. I like the run-on lyrics. Yeah. It's nice. I like that the teachers and the dinner ladies get involved in the dance. This is very much like, oh, biology, what have you done to me? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Everyone gets involved and it plays that same trope of something. Everyone's involved Mm -hmm. in this elaborate elaborate dance routine. This song also has one of my favourite musical tropes, which is ending a song with some kind of oh, we all need to leave now. So yes. the school bell rings and we all just walk off yes, stage. Just like biology. I love it so much. One of my favourite bits about this one is we also get Mr. Savage singing like he's Javert crashing one day more. Because he's just yeah. stood in the door. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that that bit in the Les Mis film where you've got like Russell Crowe just staring through the window. Yeah. This is exactly what that was. Yeah, he's leaning in the doorway just repeating no such thing as a Hollywood ending yes. over and over again. Which is fantastic. And 
he's so embittered by it compared yeah. to the kids who are they're saying it but you get the sense that they don't actually 100% now, believe it yet. But also, here's one of my questions to you. Because this is, by the way, this is set up diegetic sound. Everyone's involved in it, yes? Yes. So, John is complaining about how he never will get the girl. Mm. Anna's going to hear that. So he's really bad at the secret keeping. It's not like it's an inner monologue and he's just imagining this. Yeah. She can hear everything he's saying. Yeah. It's like they once all, more with feeling. It, it, it's once more with feeling of you're singing the truth. So when we get I'll never tell, like this is that kind of version of it. It's like no wonder she's like, um, you know, we're just friends, right? Because she already knows. At the end of this number, Anna's kind of like in a squat position and like singing the, the conclusive bit of it. Like it's not like a, you know, a workout squat. She's more like Spider-Man, yeah. like perching. But that, the way she sings, the way she dresses, her whole vibe, I just love it. Mm -hmm. There's just something so awesome about this character. Like, you get a real sense of her personality in her mannerisms. Yeah. You get it with every character, the way they dress, the way they move. You, I think we're only, what, like 10 minutes into film at this point? Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit longer, but... I'm really feeling so attached to all of these characters in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's excellent. And that's partly because of their performance as well. So we, we cut to outside. Steph is struggling with life. Yep. And Anna tries to help. But it's kind she's of like... She's trying to jack her in car. Yeah, but she's with also... With a tool that is made for carjacking. Yeah. Which... Is awesome. It's a very American <laughs> trait, I think. Like she her. must have, you know, picked that up at home. Sure, I think those. <laughs> you don't, see, everywhere. but you don't know. But you don't really see that with British characters in films. Not in films. Yeah, no. that's what I mean. Like it's interesting that it's the American character that did that. Yeah. Okay. I get what you mean. But yeah, she's struggling. She's talking about how she's struggling with life, and Anna's just like, "Well, <laughs> could be worse. She could have my life, and kind of doesn't help." Yeah. So that's true. And she then... storms off. And Anna heads out. <laughs> yeah, well, she says to Anna about, like, at least you don't have a mum to tell you what to do. Yeah. Like, Which is really harsh. However, that isn't what she means. No, exactly. And it's very clear that that isn't what she means. I know, but And also, we've not yet established that Anna is upset or, like, about her mum. Yeah. Because... Based on what's happening, it seems to have been a while ago. Obviously, she'd still be upset about it. But up to this point, any time her mum's been mentioned, she hasn't gotten upset. No. And this is the first time this we see it. This is the first time, yeah. As she storms off, she's so upset that she doesn't even notice that the person she bumps into has gone full zombie. Yeah, it's a zombie dinner lady. Yeah, like full zombie at this point. But there's no more hints like we've had throughout the film up to this point. They have turned. Yeah. Thunderballs is a great name for a bowling alley. Yeah, it is. Not only is it a Bond reference, mm -hmm. I think that works for the whole idea of like bowling balls and like the thunder noise as it hits the lane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Christmas is quickly becoming my least favourite C word. It's such a good line from yes, Anna. Yes, definitely. I will say this. I appreciate that they don't say the word that she's referring to. But yeah, because her next line is, well, you're acting like a really big C-word. Yes, 
I'm really glad, like, I'm not a prude or anything. There are some films that say it and I'm like, oh, there are some films that say it and I don't go, I'm glad they don't with here. I like the kind of wordplay. It feels yeah, more creative. and Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so we go from good wordplay with that into great wordplay with the fish rap. Yes. Oh my God, the fish rap. And, you know, we get a kind of nice moment mm-hmm. with... Mr. Savage and Daddy Anna in the lighting box. Mr. Savage doesn't feel like such... You're calling him Daddy Anna? Yeah. His name's Tony. Daddy Anna is, is exactly what I said. He it, it, he doesn't come across really condescending here towards Tony. Because like, Tony obviously puts up with him. Yeah, like... And none of the other teachers seem to talk to him it's the most kind of like normal moment we get with mr savage where they're just talking it's not like he's talking down to tony and he says four weeks of lunchtime rehearsals i get that oh my god am i mr savage yes oh no oh no please no so we go to it's that time of year and i really hope chris is here i really hope chris has made it and we look out into the audience and we see Chris's nan, which is so cute, like thumbs up. Yeah. But no Chris, which is such a shame. We find out through this that Lisa's family obviously doesn't really care about her. She's more connected to Chris and Chris's nan, which is who's raising Chris as well. Yeah. I don't think we ever get a mention of his parents. No, I don't think we do. So she's obviously closer with Chris and Chris's nan. That's her family. So the fact that he isn't there... She is clearly upset. Yeah, so, you know... Also, this is the best song. Right, so before we start talking about the actual song, Mm -hmm. the way this starts off, it feels very like Santa Baby. Yes. Very much like the Christmas Prince has a song that sounds like rocking around the Christmas tree, but isn't. Mm -hmm. And very much like rock, rock, rocking around the pole. Mm -hmm. So... My question is, of the three that I've just referred to, yeah, what is your favourite non-Christmas? No, you know, like, we are not paying for the rights for this Christmas song, so let's work our way around it. See, so with Mean Girls, which is rocking around the pole... But it's supposed to be Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. However, I really like how that song came about, because when they were writing Mean Girls, they only wrote a chorus of it because that's how long that scene is in the show they sing one chorus of rocking around the pole and then they kick the thing and regina bends over and it's all very funny yeah and then we move on and then as a christmas charity song they wrote the whole song which that is hilarious is there not like a youtube music video for it as well yeah but that was the chat that's for charity that wasn't ever part of the show that's awesome that's really funny I love the one from Christmas Prince. Which, if you're listening to this yeah. and you have not watched the Christmas Prince series, first of all, do not expect high art. They are terrible. But it's so funny because everything in that movie yeah. revolves around believing that this fictional European country exists only at Christmas. Yes. Because <laughs> that's all they have. And we have a great opening song to the first film, which is It's Our Favourite Time of Year, which is also supposed to be um, walking around the Christmas tree. And you cannot find anywhere online. Like, it's not on Spotify. There's no soundtrack for it. But once you have endured the Christmas Prince trilogy, 
go and watch the Christmas Switch films with Vanessa Hudgens yeah. and get really confused about the world that Netflix has, has built. Like, their continuity is not on yeah. par with the MCU. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we watched the Christmas Switch movies and in Christmas Switch 1, they established that Vanessa Hudgens' favourite Christmas movie is The Christmas Prince yeah. on Netflix. And then in the second film, when Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens gets crowned queen, The Christmas Prince and princess and royal baby and the royal baby are at her coronation so and we had just the best time my theory my theory is that in her mind she's projecting them there because we never see them again it's literally just like one shot yeah in her mind they're there Mm. if they're really there then wow the christmas prince is a documentary anyway i really liked this song i really liked this song i think it hit the tone perfectly so it's going really well and it's really cute and really like christmasy and seasonal and then she talks about how she needs santa to unblock her chimney yeah there's a lack of presence in my stocking and my chimney needs a good unblocking and then her backup dancers come out and they're all like sexy boys sexy boys in uh christmas shorts with braces and santa hats i always really appreciate it when instead of getting like sexy female santa dancers we get sexy male santa dancers i like seeing like the gender role reversed Mm -hmm. there i think that's really awesome there are some great lyrics in (laughs) and the best bit is like a cut to the audience who are shocked because like it's not subtle and the only person who's like enjoying this and thumbs up is the is the cute nan of her partner yeah who isn't even thinking about the lyrics he's just like proud to see her there because she's a really good singer yeah she too. is Absolutely and that's obviously singer. canon within this film yeah is that she's a really good singer well this is arguably the only song in it that actually is like could exist in the real world if this wasn't yeah. a musical well and the fish rap oh yeah and the fish that rap there's some other great lyrics in here I love. I've warmed your milk and made your favourite snack, so come on over and unload your sack. <laughs> Which is incredible. Oh, we probably should stop because we want to keep this a PG-rated show. Let me sit upon your lap. There's only one gift that I want to unwrap. So Mr. Savage isn't very happy with lyrics like this, and he he's saying to Daddy Anna, I'm going to kill her. Yeah, that's good. He looks straight down the camera and is like, I'm going to kill her. Yes. And it's not even like he he's angry. He's just like, oh my God. Oh no. What do I do? Oh my God. And the very last line of the of the song is, come on, Santa, give it to me. Yeah, while all the backup boys are singing, it's that time of year, it's that time of year. Yeah. Come on, Santa. <laughs> give it to me. It's so good. I, as we were watching this film, immediately went on Spotify and added that to my Christmas playlist. Yes, that is also on my Christmas playlist. It's so good. I will say, all of these songs, bar my skip song, are on my Spotify playlist as well for when we drive. Not the Christmas one, just my musicals one that I'm adding to as we watch more musicals. We cut from here back to Thunderballs. Yes, indeed. On Dasher, on Dancer, on other ones grumpy on well this is it what we get now is a really really nice running joke between the pair of them which shows to me like when their friendship is like not disturbed by his feelings for her and they're just being friends being with each other yeah that's what i'm holding out for is those moments and it's just a nice running joke we also get one of my favorite jokes yes is don't forget olive you know olive the other reindeer i 
Love that joke. All so, of the other reindeer yeah. used to laugh and call him names. It's just such a great joke and yeah. I loved it. So closing time at, at Thunderballs and John knocks out the cleaner with a shoe. <laughs> yeah. And we established that Anna has perfect aim for... She, what does she use? I think it's a mop. She uses a mop to knock a shoe into a recycled yes. shoe bin. Really? I, yeah, I forgot that. And that's important too mm-hmm. later on. Yep. So after they have knocked out the cleaner, mm-hmm. we go to the park and they start making snow angels, yeah. which I think is really cute. And Anna is second guessing her travel plans. You know, is this the right thing to do? Which I think is completely... Even if her dad was supportive of it, she would probably be oh, doing yeah. that. 100%. It is very hard to get on a plane by yourself and go thousands and thousands of miles away from your family. Yeah, it's not like she's going with somebody she cares about. No, she's going with her own. Do you think there's any chance that these travel plans really kicked off after the breakup with Nick as well? No, because we established later that Nick knew about her travel plans. Okay. Fair. They do talk about that later. Cool. I was going to say, because I didn't make it even sadder. Mm. This is when we get the amazing Ollie of the Other Reindeer joke. joke yeah. And it is, you know, they are cute together, but not in a romantic way. Like they no, just have in a like childhood that. best friends. Exactly. Yeah. It, and it is really cute. Mm-hmm. And they do need each other. And I really like the work that's being put into building the relationship. There's a really interesting shot at the school. So Mr. Savage is walking. He's mm-hmm. by the fire Backstage, escape. Yeah. yeah, and he hears the noise. And he tells them to stop. And they keep going, stop! Mm-hmm. They keep going. And then he opens it. And you cut to it like, I'm like, oh no, oh no, everyone's going to get... And then there's no, nothing there. He no, opens... there's nothing there. And we start on just his face. And then the camera pulls away. And we can see that the outside of the doors that he's holding open are covered with blood and that the walls around it are also covered with blood. But he can't. But he can't? Yeah, so he shuts the door. But not all the way. But then we see how bad it is as well, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. You know, we're adding to this slow build of the horror. Yes. So the next morning. Mm -hmm. Right, so this, this point I felt was very Shaun of the Dead, like the sound effects as she's getting ready to go. Yep. Very Shaun of the Dead. Love yeah, it. she's not talking. It's just the noises of a house in yes. the morning. She comes back mm-hmm. for her advent chocolate, her advent yes, sweet. Yes, and it's the 23rd now. Yes. Which I I actually started thinking about this last night. Yeah. I was just lying in bed and I couldn't sleep. And then I started to think about this film. And why are they still at school on the 23rd? It's a very late, like, finishing day, isn't it? Yeah. Unless she just grabbed the first one she could, and it should have been, like, the 20th, and she just grabbed the 23rd. No, because they do it to establish that we are two days away from Christmas. Because the film ends on Christmas Day. No, it does, doesn't it? This. So why was school open on the 22nd of December? Scotland. Do things a little bit differently, maybe. No, they don't. They break up earlier than we do. It is weird. That's storytelling, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I just, I was thinking about it a lot. <laughs> anyway. Turning my life around. So This song is so great. Th- this song is great, but it's also like... The Completely hilarious. Action, yeah. yeah. You've got this really awesome song about how like 
she doesn't care anymore and she's going to do what she wants to do. Yeah, and like this is the first day of the rest of my life, which actually it is. Yeah. But yeah, like this is let it go. This mm -hmm. is I don't care what's happened in the past. I'm going to do things my way. Mm -hmm. And it's this really upbeat song about how the future is hers. She's going to do what she wants. Whatever the world throws her, she can handle. And in the background, we have the zombie apocalypse. Finally, we are there. It is the apocalypse time. Yeah. She's too preoccupied to notice it. And it is, again, just like that Shaun of the Dead scene. We get that brilliant, you know, shot of Sean going to the uh, news agents yep. on day one. And we see the people he interacts with. We see, like, someone jogging. And it's a normal day. And then we get that same shot later. Mm -hmm. And it's the same, but different because we have but the zombies, apocalypse yeah. now. And we get someone running, but it's, you know, because, ah, zombies. And I love this bit. Like, it is just such a really, really fun sequence. We've got the smoke <laughs> billowing in the background. Mm -hmm. We have people running. We have sirens. We have a woman ditching her pushchair. And then we get a really dark shot of a zombie just eating the baby from yep. the pushchair. Wow. We also get a couple of characters in the background who are shouting after Anna, yes. telling her to watch out. Yeah, there's these schoolgirls who are shouting for help or to watch out, and she's just singing as they're like fighting off these zombies mm -hmm. with their school bags. And it's a really cute dance, yeah. too. I just loved this whole sequence. Yeah. So, John has established that he's going to start running to school and get in shape. Yeah, so he's jogging. And yeah, he's running to school for multiple reasons, I think. Because not only is he going to have to run because he's keeping his promise to get in shape for Anna, mm -hmm. he might have to run for his life. Yes. And again, we established that he is super clumsy as he just trips over completely nothing. Yeah. like Because you... I was like, oh, he's going to have tripped over a body. But not noticed it because, again, he's singing the song. We cut from Anna's version to his version. Mm -hmm. This set piece was just so much fun. And then the bit where they're rocking out in the graveyard yeah. and they're just like pretending they're air guitaring to yeah. like the synth music. Oh, This is where we started discussing what kind of zombies these are. Because these aren't undead zombies. We don't have zombies rising up from the graves. Yeah. This is a COVID zombie situation. Yeah, this is this is the airborne yeah. pathogen mm -hmm. that or presumably as well. Bite pathogen. Yeah. Bite pathogen. They're but not they said on the news it was airborne. Yeah. But presumably once you bite like that. It's gonna happen quicker if you but if you're bitten. Yeah, so presumably are all these characters gonna turn or do some people have a natural immunity to it? I think natural immunity. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I really like this. And I just said, I'm really rooting for them. Yeah. You just feel like you want both characters to succeed. I'm not rooting for them to be a couple, but I'm rooting for them to just I think this is lives. also the point at which I said, if she ends up with John, I'm going to be really angry. Well, who did you want her to end up with? Steph. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. That would be an like... infinitely better movie. I'll tell you this. I like that it's never concrete she ends up with someone. No, because I didn't want her to end up with Nick. Because yeah. Nick needs to go to a therapist. Yeah, but I like and... that she doesn't end it in a relationship with someone. You no. Know? I always think that in specifically horror movies, right, scientifically, if you were in a high adrenaline situation with somebody you are going to bond to them. Yes. Because you've both gone through something traumatic. That is not a good basis for a relationship, though. No. Like, that's maybe a good basis for a friendship. Yeah. Because you've had a shared experience. But going through a zombie movie or a horror movie or, like, a slasher and surviving together, do not then date. Yeah. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Yeah. 
It just is not going to end well. No. And it's the same thing I think about superheroes. Like superhero movies, I don't need a relationship out of this. It's my whole thing. I love the Thor movies and I love Jane. She's a great character. I do not need her to date Thor. No, and I think this is the problem with Thor 1 versus where we get to like in Thor 3 Mm. is the evolution of the characters. Thor 1 goes with what everyone thinks should happen and sets up perhaps the biggest fail of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Thor The Dark World Mm. because they're trying to do this routine. The second they hand it to Taika Waititi and we got Ragnarok, we got what Thor should always have been, Mm -hmm. unencumbered by romance or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I feel like the point of this movie is camaraderie and family. Yes. And therefore we don't need relationships. No. On top of that. Yeah, and it is nice. it's a good thing. Yeah, I I agree 100% with you. So, the frosty zombie attacks. And I like the bit where she says, I'm a first aider, I'm just going to turn you round. And then looks up at his face and just instantly swings her back (laughs) at him. So good. Perfect balance of of comedy and, Mm. you know, like, that comes from her performance there. Yep. We get a great zombie kill with the seesaw to the head or whatever. You know, like the, the, the children's it's toys. It's yeah. Yeah, and she just hits it to his head. <laughs> and just, she uses John as bait. Yeah. Now, and then John's just sitting there like... <laughs> what I like about this is in a lot of zombie films, we tend to get that people are like, what is happening? I don't understand this. As if, you know, they don't live in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. In this film, John is like, they are zombies. zombies exist within this world which obviously him as a you know media student fan of the mcu whatever he would be aware of that and anna's in denial i was gonna make a joke i wrote the joke but the film uses it later on so Mm -hmm. i can't claim it to be original anymore so i won't bother they wonder where their parentals are yes there's no signal they can't get home Mm -mm. work it is because they have their work cues. Yes. They realise immediately they need to be somewhere inside where they can lock some doors. Yes. And figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. The burning Christmas tree. I think that's a good sign of an apocalypse in a Christmas film. <laughs> that they just stood looking at it. Yeah. I would too. We... John is kind of having a breakdown. Yeah. I, I would too. Like, no matter how much you may plan or joke about being ready for a zombie apocalypse, I think when you're confronted with it, like, what would you do? I don't know. I'm quite good in a crisis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so mean. Ow. I am. Okay. You're so mean to me. So we now learn that everyone else is at the school and they are panicking. Okay. Mr. Savage is trying to maintain calm. We know that Daddy Anna's there. We know that Lisa's there with Chris's nan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the teachers and a few of the other parents are there. Yeah. We also find out that Chris's nan has heart problems. Yes. And she needs her medicine. She needs something. Yeah. And her medicine hasn't really been doing much anyway. Yeah. So there's literally nothing that they can exactly. do for her. And then we just, we, we establish that everyone is safe in the school. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Thunderballs. Chris has seen every horror movie. He tells Steph, I know what to do. Nope. He's useless. He runs straight to Anna without checking for bites. Mm-hmm. He trusts them at their word, you know. And I like that. Usually we get, you know, in, like in Scream. Yeah. I am a student of horror. I know exactly what to do. 
I like that he's a student of horror but actually hasn't paid attention. Yeah, he's learnt nothing from these. Yeah, Steph reveals it's global. Yep. I think that's interesting. Up until this yeah, year... that's why they go to work, to get Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Up until this year, you know, I'd read apocalyptic things mm-hmm. and I'd always be like, well... So one of my favourite books is the Passage Trilogy. It's all about, like, zombies as, like, a virus. And they always talk about how they'd like to leave America because the rest of the world might be normal. And I would always think, like, reading those go, yeah, probably is. This year has taught me, like, no. Yeah. No. And no, it's co- the same way I feel about the Hunger Games. Yeah. Is that I would love to know what's happening in the rest of the world because the backstory to, like, why the Hunger Games is a thing is that the world basically imploded yeah. and we had floods and earthquakes and volcanoes. I would, yeah, and... I'd really like to see an alternate one of, like, what happened in Europe or in Russia, mm. you know, like... Like, do those places even exist anymore? Yeah, or are there, is there, like, bigger districts? Like, do they have a bigger Hunger Games? Mm. Does it lead... Every four years, is there, like, a Hunger Games Olympics where we send, like, the best tributes from America into the best tributes from Europe? <laughs> the Continental Hunger Games oh, coming God. to a cinema near you soon. It's the same thing with... I don't know if you've read Mortal Engines. No. and I feel like you'd enjoy it, though. I didn't like the trailer. No, the movie was trash, though. Yeah. The book's quite good mm. and interesting. But it's another one where you think... Uh, it's like the plot is, oh, instead of all banding together to sort of look after the world, which is what should happen. Yeah. Humanity is like, every man for himself. Yeah. Which is what I like about zombie movies. Yes. It's when you see people band together. Yeah. And it's always like little bands. Mm -hmm. And I also like it in zombie movies where like the zombies aren't the only threat. Yes. Because as usual, humanity is inherently worse than anything else we could be. And before I gave up on The Walking Dead, that's also something I really liked about The Walking Dead. Yeah. Is that humans are the virus. Humans are the worst worst possible option. We learn that once it's safe, they're going to go to the school and the army will escort them out. Cool, yeah. they've got a plan. We learn about hashtag evac selfie. Which, the pictures that are on there, yeah. first of all, one of the names on there is Ash from Ash and the Evil Dead. Cool. One of the guys is the makeup artist. Awesome. Who's been doing the, the zombie makeup and one of them is the artistic director. Awesome, I like that. Which is hilarious. I love little things like that. We also learn, I'm sorry... Justin Bieber is a zombie now. Yeah. I like the line... What about the... Taylor Swift? Why would you even say that? Tay-Tay's fine. Well, that, that comes up uh, a little bit later, but I did I did write down the note that even if she did get bit, mm-hmm. I bet she'd just shake it off. 100%. I, there's a great line from Steph, I think, where they're looking at a vac selfie and she just says, we deserve to go extinct. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but yeah, we get Chris and John arguing about you know, celebrity zombies and they talk about Robert Downey Jr. And John says Iron Man lives. Mm-hmm. And you know that this film was released before Endgame. <laughs> Lol, no. Oh, Ryan Gosling, Taylor Swift. Why would you even say that? Tay-Tay's fine. Yep. And then Mrs. Hinsman, the cleaner, they go to the toilets and they see that she is a zombie. And Steph has a great zombie kill because she gives her a, an atomic swirly. Yep basically <laughs> smashes her head with a toilet seat and then i think it's a stag do it's the guys that were there last night yeah who are all in their santa costumes i think it's a work christmas yeah. do, and they return yeah they come through the wall crashing through the wall john with the bowling balls 
I think that's great. He gets two bowling balls oh, and he smashes kill, them into yeah. head. And the best bit about it after, because in zombie films, we get all these elaborate deaths, but never any reaction to the death. And John immediately vomits yeah. after killing, which you would, like 100% you would. Yeah. And killing I love anything it. that still looks like a person. Yeah, but even like seeing the gore and like the brains, yeah. like, oh, even just thinking about it, I feel sick. Love it. Chris runs down the lane slowly so he doesn't slip. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And um, he's going across them, across the gutters. Because yes. the zombie hasn't figured out how to jump. So every time the zombie gets to a gutter, it falls a little bit further yeah. behind him. Steph is panicking. Yep. But she gets inadvertently groped by a zombie. And that snaps in her survival instinct. Yep. I, I liked that. I thought it was a nice little moment for her to kind of realise... I'm still me, I'm still yeah, powerful, I can deal with this. By the end of this sequence, kind of the kill count, I was I was going to keep tab of who had killed the most zombies, but it kind of got confusing and I, I let that slip to the film. Anna. Well, at this, yeah, at this at point, the end, it's Anna. at this point, Steph and John are Actually, tied. Saying that is probably Nick. That we see Anna, but yeah. Nick probably Nick's, does. We her. set up that yeah. he has been off well, at first I thought at this point Steph won. She has three kills. But actually, the one she'd stabbed with the uh, tongs mm-hmm. actually wasn't dead. And John killed that one. So yeah. Steph and John are tied at this point in time. Anna's with one. Chris is also with one. We cut back to the school. Mm-hmm. And Lisa is saying to Mr. Savage, we need medicine. Something bad's going to happen. She needs it. And he says... Yeah, because his nan needs something. And he says that, you know, old people don't matter because we're going to rebuild society after this. Yeah, basically. His, I think what he says is, what does humanity do? Civili- what does society do? When- Civilization is on the edge. We prioritise. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so mean, considering this old lady is here. Yeah. I don't think there was... Right. Spoilers she's she dies yeah not here later on Mm -hmm. i don't think there was any way she was going to survive this luckily she doesn't die though from being bitten and chris gets an opportunity to say goodbye to Mm. her yeah she dies in the best person which also interesting because if it is an airborne pathogen she dies would she not reanimate no she's dead no i know but who was the first zombie no, but this is my point, is we established that the zombies in this film are not dead. Yeah. It's just a virus. Yeah, but who got it first? Cleaner. School cleaner. <laughs> it's the first one we see. Yeah. I I have to say, as nasty as this is, it could have got worse in the way Mr. Savage was like, we, you know, civilization's on the edge, we prioritise and we rebuild. Mm-hmm. L- you know, luckily, he didn't take it a, an extra step yeah we don't need that thank yeah you. i i was really worried that his character would take that turn at this point and i'm glad mm. it didn't would you want to work at a school where he was the head teacher no no he's a terrible leader he is because he wants the status without kind of actually doing the no, hard he, work he doesn't care about anybody that works for him no he doesn't have the respect to be a leader no. i don't know how he's actually got this job at this point in time. I think he probably bullied the previous head into giving him the job. Probably blackmailed him and said, you're going to retire at Christmas mm. and you're going to appoint me your successor. Yeah, that is a weird mm. time of year to stop. Mm. No. 
I think end of the year. It's not the end of the school year, but it's the end of the year. Like I'm going to retire yeah. in 2020. You know, I'm going to do yeah, this full enough. year. You know, you might wake up at the start of the new year and be like, by the end of this year, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to make steps throughout the year too. Yeah. We we see that Daddy Anna is crying as he locks the doors. He's worried about Anna, and I like that. It's it's nice when you do see. I don't even think he's worried about her at this point. I think he's just like she must be dead. Yeah. I, I quite like it when you see men crying, especially like fathers. Mm-hmm. There's so, so often in the media sometimes that like we don't get that sensitivity. It's like we've just rewatched Gavin and Stacey and the relationship between oh, yeah. Nick and Gavin is just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they'll kiss and hug and... The male dynamic and, in that yeah. show is really nice. I know what you mean. And it's but. nice that we get a good male dynamic here where he's not afraid to have his feelings hidden. Mm-hmm. You sometimes think, and some shows and films are guilty of saying that a dad must be the stoic one and the mother's the emotional one. And obviously yeah. there's no mother here, but he's still like heart on his sleeve. And I hope Anna sees this side to him as well. Mm-hmm. Human Voice is a great song. Yeah. They don't know what to do without the internet. They all look very lost. That's so relatable. Mm-hmm. This is just a really good I'm lost song. Instead of an I want song, it's an I'm yeah. lost. There's a really good bit in this where Chris is singing about how he spends too much. He's He essentially, what he means is he spends too much time on his phone and yeah. he hasn't connected with anyone properly. Mm. Despite the fact that he has a girlfriend. Yeah, but... But, you know, teenagers. No, I know. There's a really good shot of Anna, John, Steph and Chris just staring Ooh, out so the window. Nice. Yeah. And like you see them from afar, like a full body shot of all of them just staring as they sing. It's not like an extravagant dance number. And then you see the world just destroyed around them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wake up the next morning. They slept in the ball pit underneath the balls, like great camouflage. That's amazing. It is amazing. They open up the window and they see that the army, who are supposed to save the day, have been turned into zombies. Yes. There goes the escape plan. And now they assume that the school... That's it. There's no chance, but we're still going to go there because at least then, yeah, yeah, at least then we can be with our loved ones. Chris suggests walking under the ball pit. It's like that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean when Mm -hmm. they have the uh, boat turned upside down. It kind of works. It does kind of work. Uh, Shag, marry, kill. Zombie Miley, zombie Beyonce, zombie Rhiannon. Kill them all. They're zombies. That's not how the game works. You're playing properly, Steph. To be fair, Steph, Steph's response is accurate. Yeah. Um, I like the zombie old people. And what do you do without this joke? Though? Yeah, because an OAZ pees on Steph. I've never thought before about the implication that zombies still have bodily functions. That's because these zombies aren't dead. Yeah. They're living. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could have done without this joke. Mm-hmm. but I think that about all movies, though. I, I do not need pee jokes, poop jokes, or fart jokes in anything. Cause I just, it's just not my humour. Yeah. Because I'm not five. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that I really dislike about Bridesmaids. Yeah. Is the, the, the food poisoning joke. And... Yeah, that film is so weird because well, you get far enough into it. Well, apparently the studio forced nice. that to be in there. Christian Wig did not write that initially into the film, and the studio forced it. Oh, that makes that makes way more sense yeah. because based on her previous writing, yeah, I was like, this does not feel like. No, it doesn't, and it's not a case of me saying that. Oh, well, fart jokes and 
that sort of jokes are funny when it's men but not women because it's I don't ever find it funny. But it was it I was, just doesn't her general writing style. Yeah. That makes way more sense. I could yeah, I could have done without this joke. You know, especially at Steph's expense. Yeah. Like maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> John's expense. But I feel like John's reaction to it would have been funnier, whereas Steph's just angry. Yeah, I I don't like, think Steph is the right character for this. No. The only way that joke was going to be funny, and it sounds like we're being really down on this film. We just like to overanalyze things. That's the our only podcast. Way, the only way that joke was going to be funny would have been the character's reaction to what was happening. Yes. Steph's reaction isn't funny. She seems genuinely upset. Yeah. I and feel like if you'd done it with Chris or John, you kind of could then get like an in-between and style reaction between the two boys. Yeah. And it maybe is a little bit funnier. Mm-hmm. So they're peering out from the ball pit and there's a zombie without legs that starts crawling towards them. And Yeah, it sees Anna. And Nick saves them from the zombie attack. Nick and his, his posse are his hunting and looting. Yeah. Soldier at War, I think, is a really good song. I may not like the character Nick... But he's got a great voice. Yeah, and this song is quite good. Yeah. We've also got some more great zombie weapons in watermelons and PlayStation controllers. Yeah. My issue with this is, though, yeah. PlayStation controllers, when this was made, weren't wired. Mm. Unless he's carrying around the USB with them. In which case, they probably wouldn't work like nunchucks because they'd come flying off the USB thing. Yeah, that's So he must I have, thought. like, PlayStation 2 controllers. So we, I, I liked the joke. I, you know, again, I'm overanalyzing. They were great weapons, mm. and they actually take out zombies. I was expecting them to die in this song. Yeah. Now, the ironic thing is, for the majority of this song, Nick's talking about how he's like the top of the class in killing zombies. Mm-hmm. He's actually not killing anyone for the bulk of this song because it's his his posse that's doing the, the killing. Yeah, his gang are busy. But then towards the end, he starts killing them, and he is like military precision. And he's like, so girls, where are we off to? And they just walk past him uninterested. Do you know how old he was? How old? When they filmed this. Ben Wiggins, who plays Nick. Yeah. Fantastic actor, brilliant singer. Yeah. Is also in The Witcher. Cool. Amazing. Is right he Right now, he's an Adonis, actually. <laughs> he's 31 years old. Wow. And this movie came out in 2017. He looks like he's like 18 or 19. Yeah, well, film. I mean, a lot of them look young and they probably aren't as young as yeah, we think. Yeah, that's crazy, though. Yeah, I, I liked this and I liked the bit that the boys chase after them because they're like, mm. well, we'll, we'll say that. We got back to the school and the saddest shot of the film. We have the dead penguin rappers. <laughs> I forgot about that. They're still in their like vanilla ice penguin suits. Did you see that they were credited as the people who wrote some of the songs i can't remember the names and i wish i'd written it down the singing voices yeah of the fish rap is roddy hart tommy riley and john mcphail yeah. which is the makers of this film yeah which i loved i thought it's great the actors that play them yeah. are not oh them. okay i thought it was them in a fun cameo okay savage has lost his call no one's listening to anymore and they all want to leave and he sits in the corner in his little makeshift office and he decides, right, if this ship is the Titanic, mm-hmm. I'm going down in charge. Mm-hmm. But then he sees the door. So, 
this is where one of the songs should be. Okay, cool. That isn't in this film. There is a song called Which Side Are You On? Yeah. Which is only in the director's cut. Which side are you on? Which is between Tony yes. and Mr. Savage. Basically being like, you need to decide whether you're here for us, you know, the people that work for you and that you need to be looking after right now, or whether you just want to be in charge of something. In yeah. which case, you're basically on the zombie side. I feel like that would have been a really good song to have in because we've kind of been building up this this subplot between Daddy Anna and Mr. Savage. Yeah. And this would be a really nice culmination before the finale of mm. their subplot. We'd never kind of get that closure. Well, there's a couple of songs that would have been... There's another Tony song that was cut and another Mr. Savage song. Yeah. That I think isn't in any version that was cut like pre making the film where they just felt like it was taking away too much time from the kids yes. because they're the main characters and focusing too much on the adults. Which I, I think is fair enough. But I the, do understand the choices that, yeah. that they've made throughout the rest of this film, I get it. I do understand that, but it's also kind of we want all these characters to be fully fleshed out. Yeah. ironically for a zombie movie uh-huh. but i could have done with maybe that addition mm-hmm. we also learned during soldier at war yes that ben's dad is an army was was an army, an army something well at this point is because ben wiggins yeah playing nick gets really upset when they mention his dad yeah and we don't know why no at this point. but it, it does explain why nick's got this kind of like zombie ability yeah. complex so they're walking down this mall strip that you said looks like a taco bell in america yeah. it, it, there's a um hall of while they're walking through the mall right in the back there's a big bell painted on the wall in the taco bell colors so i don't know whether there just is a taco bell in this in port glasgow yeah but you know cash John says he's glad Anna isn't going. And Anna says he is her best friend. Yeah, she ends up having to say Emphasis. twice. He's sat in a trolley and she's pushing it. Is it that way around yeah. first? Yeah. And then, oh no, he's pushing the trolley and she's sat in it. Yeah. And he says, he's basically professing his love for her. And she and then says, they swap. well, you're my best friend. And then he says something else and she's like, no, no, you're my best friend. Yeah. And then he says, right, swap. And then they swap and he gets in the trolley. And she says, nothing is changing. She's travelling and he is going to art school. Yep. And they're deciding, do they go forward or do they go through the Christmas tree emporium and have a shortcut? It is a terrible idea. We lose the three hangers-on during this sequence, which, like, they're inconsequential. They've not got names. They, they, They were never going to last as characters. Yes, but considering I don't know what any of their names were. Yeah. Anna's candy cane sake that she picks up is really, really cool. Yeah. I don't know why she doesn't use the pointy end. What I find really interesting is just how quickly the zombies turn. Because Nick's friends have only just been bitten Mm -hmm. and now they're zombies. Now that to me is kind of like the scariest part of it is the fact that you know, if I got bit, I would want you to kill me. No, thank you. Before I turned. Like, that's what I'd want. We say this. Every time we watch a zombie movie, we have a discussion about what your reaction should be. 
And I always think if you get bitten on the hand, World War Z. cut your arm off yeah. straight away. Yeah. Because it'll stop it spreading to the rest of you. Obviously, you then have to deal with the fact that you've cut your arm off yeah. and you need to stop your bleeding and everything. But you stand a but chance. But then you're not a zombie. But I don't know if but you have this, that opportunity to, to do like that. that. No, because it spreads so that fast. quickly. Yeah. And that's scary. I wonder if it's the closer it is to your brain that you get bitten. Possibly. But the it, quicker you yeah. turn. Because if you look at the different characters that turn throughout this film, yeah. the ones that are bitten on the neck or shoulders seem to turn instantly. Yeah. And ones people who are bitten on like the arm or the leg have a bit more time. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. So they're running and Chris drops his phone and he's desperate. He, he nearly dies reaching for his phone. And Steph has a massive go at him for it, which is the correct response. It is. I However, understand. I completely understand that because at this point, we don't know what's happened to Chris's parents. So potentially there's memories on his phone there, but also he doesn't know what's happened to Lisa and his nan. And this phone has all his memories. And if he's going to continue mm. living, actually that phone is very important. I can completely yeah. get on board with that in this society, especially if you've potentially already lost someone. Yeah. The only way you maybe hear their voice again or mm. see them again is through the phone. So I can yeah. completely understand and, why he does it. And when we saw his showreel earlier, yeah. there was a lot of footage of Lisa yeah. and his nan yeah. anyway. So it is the way that he remembers things. Yes, yeah. I'm on board with it. I understand it. Yes, it's a stupid choice, but I can understand why it means the world to him. It's yeah. not a case of, oh, I need it because, you know, like there's a Pokemon community day going on. It's for the right sentimental reasons. Yes, and Steph does apologise to him for that. Yeah. So... Steph storms out because, like, you nearly you nearly killed us, mm-hmm. and they will leave the Christmas tree emporium. Anna starts to panic, and you know that everyone might be dead. And John says they're not; they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I should have known something was about to happen because we get the conclusion to the reindeer games because John remembers all the names: Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donna, Blitz, and Rudolph. He remembers oh. them. And Olive. <laughs> he remembers them and we get the end of that joke. And immediately he gets bit. Yes, he throws his arms out to the side and he's like, yeah, I got it. And then instantly, because where he puts his arms out, yeah. his hand's in front of an alleyway and a zombie grabs his hand and bites him. Now, he always needed to die. I, I, I was completely shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. I, I always knew he was going to die. There was no way they were ending the film together. Mm. But for him to die here, that shocked me. Yeah. Because he's the first character that we really know to Mm. see bitten and turned. Well, not turned, bitten and dead. Yeah. And because of how important he is to Anna, it hurts. Yeah. Like this death hurt me a lot. Mm. I know you didn't care for him. I knew they weren't going to end up in a romantic relationship, but it feels like they've just kind of conclusively moved past that, you know, you're never going to be with me. Yeah, we can just be friends now. We've solved that problem. And when you think back on it, like actually everything about their story has now finished. And with Mm. hindsight being what it is, yes, it makes sense. But damn, that hurts. However, he then uses his last human brain moments to save Anna. Yeah, because basically she's trapped in the middle of this horde. He wraps his arms around her, 
and he it goes backwards goes backwards shields her throws her out and then falls to the floor and he is eaten and it's really horrible mm-hmm. it's so sad steph reminds anna of her dad she wakes up and she takes out all the zombies with single handed and her cane and yeah yep damn that was painful but wow great the fact i care so much in a zombie movie knowing that the majority of this cast will die and i still care that's because you've got amazing characters in this film mm. they get to the school and as they come in, they just see Mr. Savage is eating his Christmas dinner. Yeah, he sat behind the, the front office eating. Like, Mr. Savage, what are you doing? He said, I'm eating my Christmas dinner. Yeah. Incredible. He's lost it, your very lucky children, mm. as they almost left. And he shows I don't him... understand why they trust him. Because... I feel like, obviously, in this situation, what other choice do you have? Well, that's exactly it. You don't have any other choice at this point. Perhaps he's on guard duty at this point, like they're taking in shifts. They don't know what's happened here. Yeah. And they're assuming that all the humans have done what they've done and bonded together. Bonded together. Yeah. And even they will think like, yeah, okay, we hate you, but come on, let's, let's have some humanity. And we'll have assumed that this might have humbled him. Mm-hmm. He takes them to the staff room to see the parents, locks them in, and there's the zombies. And yet he let them in to kill the teachers. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's not the staff room, it's the canteen. Or is it the canteen? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Or the dining hall or yeah, whatever they want to call so, it. So, yeah, the zombies are now there and he's just slimy. This amazing performance as he did it, saying nothing's going to stop me yeah. now. Yeah, and this guy's voice, Paul Kay, he sounds, the voice that he's doing in this film, he would make a great trunchbull. Yes. In Matilda the Musical. He was, he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like... You know he's also in Game of Thrones? Yeah. And he gets killed by a zombie in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. I, 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 I thought he was amazing in this. Mm-hmm. This song is brilliant. I like that instantly, you know, our four teenagers... So that's it, isn't it? It's, it's Steph, Anna, Chris and Nick at this point. Yeah. They have a table and they're backing up against the wall. Yeah, it's one of the dining tables, but when you fold the table up, it's got wheels at the yeah. bottom, like a table tennis table, yeah. and it can slide back. Yeah, and they're the using the show. They're basically trapped. Anna notices that there's a lock on, you know, the grate to the into the kitchen. Into the kitchen, yeah. so she breaks the lock with her candy cane, and they get free. Mm-hmm. They come up with a plan. They're going to split up. Steph and Chris are going to the car. So they're going to... They're going to find Lisa and Nan and then go and get Steph's car keys. Which will be in Mr. Savage's office. Which is in the staff room. Which is a very weird place. We'll get there in a moment. Anna and Nick are going to go find her dad. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. At least if they're splitting up, it's even. Two and two. You know, splitting up's never a good idea in these films, but I can appreciate that they have to. I think as well, they assume that in splitting up that way... So far, Anna and Nick have done a much better job of fighting zombies. Yes. Based on what they think at this point, Anna and Nick have the more dangerous job of going to find Anna's dad because the school that they've just, the part of the school they've just been in is where all the zombies are. Yeah. Steph and Chris, you would assume if you were in this situation at this point, you've dealt with all the teacher zombies because they would have all been in the canteen. Mm Mm-hmm. So going to the staff room is probably safe. Yeah. So they should, they're based on the way that they split up, they're assuming that Steph and Chris have the safer job. Yeah, it's clever. They've done a good job with it. Chris and Steph make up. 
Mm-hmm. One of them is going to die. I like. I just realised that they're called Chris and Stan. <laughs> My two best mates are called Chris and Stan. Uh, it's like when we had the guy who did like musicals, I realised it was Bill and Ted. Yeah. So they go off on their way. They made up, so clearly one of them is going to die. I don't know. I don't want either to die, but of the two, I would prefer. Okay, Steph. Yeah. They find Lisa. She's all alive and well, but the, his nan is dead. Now, yeah, they're in the in like a cleaner's yeah. cupboard. How long has Lisa been in that cupboard with dead nan? Since uh, Mr. Savage let the zombies in. Do you think she literally I got them I think they immediately then? went there and the, the stress. Because what Steph says is Chris's nan, based on the stress of getting away from the zombies, yeah. had a heart attack yeah. and has died. Uh, it's horrible for her because she's she's been locked in herself in this cupboard really. she's watched this person who means a while to her mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. and now it's like what do i do i can't leave yeah and also knows that if she sees chris again she then has to tell chris yeah which is awful and that's if she sees him again mm-hmm. it is a really nice farewell though you know chris gets his mother yeah. say goodbye and we get back to action nick is very... it really is those sorry it really is these human moments that make this film so good. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's so normal. Mm, you is. don't have these big, like, I don't know how to describe it. You know, in zombie movies, you normally have that one guy or or female character, one character who is just like a zombie killing machine. Yes. And they're the one that's going to save everyone. And you don't in this. Even Ironic. though Anna is the one, is our final yeah. girl. She's not brilliant at no. killing zombies well ironically you know for a zombie musical mm-hmm. it feels very real yeah that's you know like these characters feel like people that we know they're not stereotypes yes we have reduced them to the horror tropes and mm-hmm. but but i'm sure you they could do, do that feel very movie. real that's the thing yeah so we're now with nick and anna and nick is very into her but they have you know the discussion on what happened and it you know, they... Yeah, and he does the typical annoying boy in a movie thing of saying, well, I know you're still angry at me because I broke up with you. And she's like, what, you think that's why I'm angry at you? You know nothing. Those lines are in every teen movie. Yeah. And I quite like that they're in this. But again, interestingly, you know, we break the kind of final girl trope of the final girl must be a virgin mm-hmm. because Anna has sat with Nick. Yep. But... Which kind of makes it worse that the reason that, like, they broke up for basically no reason. Nick just dumped her one day. Yeah. And we find out that the reason she's so upset about it is that she had shared her travel plans with him. She'd shared with him how difficult her mum dying was and how difficult her dad has been since then. And Nick's told her all about his terrible father. Yeah. And all of the army stuff that he's had to deal with. Yeah. And then he just dumped her like it was nothing. Yeah. Which, fair enough, she has every right to be angry about that. Now, what I find very interesting here mm-hmm. is that they're trying very hard to make Nick likeable. He killed his dad with his dad's blessing, because his dad was turning. He's like, you've got to kill me. Not even his dad's blessing. Well, his dad was like... His dad forced him... Yeah, but it was like... To kill him. Yeah, I want you to do this. They're trying very hard to make him likeable, when really this is the one where... We're coming into the end game. Yeah. I don't he... know. This feels like, like, traditional redemption arc. Yeah. Like, he'll reveal something sad and personal about his life 
we can feel sorry for him. He feels redeemed. He'll save her and then he'll die. Yeah, well, we go immediately. That isn't what happens. Yeah, we go immediately into Nick's sacrifice. Yep. My notes say, will he survive? I think so. You know, it's a simple Yes, and you pointed out the best thing, which is that everybody else that's been bitten, we've we've seen seen them die. And we don't see Nick die and we don't see him get bitten. No, exactly. So I was never in any doubt that he would return to help. I was. I assumed that he was dead. Yeah, I. I. I, I mean, you can see my notes. Mm. I didn't think he was dead at this point. Mm-hmm. I think enough about horror tropes and filmmaking tropes to realize that we didn't see him get bitten, whereas we have everyone else. Mm-hmm. He is still alive. He's going to show up at the eleventh hour to save the day mm-hmm. or to help in some format. We're now at Mister Savage's office to find the keys. It's very weird that his office is in the middle of a staff room. That's so inconvenient. Yeah. Especially if you... Because, like, surely heads have meetings with teachers. Yeah. And Is he going to bring them in through a staff room and, like, make them do a walk of shame? Things. Yeah. You can't take a parent through the staff room. I don't... Because this is a sixth form. My sixth form had meetings with parents. Really? Yeah. I guess because I went to a college as opposed to a sixth form, so it didn't have a secondary school Mine attached. Was a college. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, but and mine was an arts one as well. It's almost like they view him as a joke, and they've given him a small. <laughs> him away. They've given him a small bit of power. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we have like a mini office in our staff room, but that's where all the exam stuff is kept. And they've given him what was like this once, like this this joke yeah. of a room, and he's he's taking it seriously, like it's his office now, and because that's in in keeping with his character. Yeah, that would make way more sense if someone had just been like, just give him an office. I don't care where it is. Yeah. Just give him something. Just, yeah, they're basically what they're trying to do is force him out as much as possible, promote him so that, like, he gets, you know, some, like, something to put in his CV and make him more appear. He'll never be head teacher anyway, so hopefully he'll go to another school and he'll be their problem. Yeah. And he's like, no, this is the first step to taking over. So Steph makes it into his office. The confiscated items are great. The entire staff room is full of zombies. Yeah, teachers. so she she's she's struggling to get in. And she figures out if you crawl, they can't see you yeah. because they're only focusing on eye height things, yes. which is so weird. I also find it interesting because these zombies don't have the sense of smell. Mm-hmm. So you know, walking—it's a movement dead, thing. Yeah. You know, these are these are T Rex zombies. Mm-hmm. They can't see you if you don't move. Yeah, she finds her car keys. She finds some vodka, which is like great. That'll make a great in a bag, yeah. Molotov cocktail. That's my. That's what my brain jumped to. She probably was just thinking like, I'm gonna need <laughs> she this looks at it and is like, yep. She also finds a neck massager, for lack of a better term, and is instantly like, ew, and throws it. Now, how has Mister Savage been in the circumstance to confiscate that? I think he just locker checks. Yeah. He seems like the kind of person that would. She finds a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. She finds a rubber duck, which is hilarious. Why would you confiscate that? And Yeah, there's a, I he, like this scene. Like it's yeah. it's a nice bit of he comic. He has relief. a little hamster cage full of stuff. Yeah. And it is a cage. It's like with a lid and everything. Yeah. We're we're at the point now where things are only gonna get worse. We needed this comic relief. Yeah. We've got a great shot of Chris and Lisa waving tinsel to try to distract the zombies, but it's not yeah, They're working. just stood on a table like... Yeah, it's not working. They know that Steph has to get out of that office. There's only one way out and they're heading towards that door. So they sneak across 
and they plug his phone into the TV. Yep. And the zombies are watching TV, <laughs> which I think is funny. The TV turns the zombies into zombies. Yes, which gives Steph enough time to crawl out of the office and back round to the door. And just as that's happening, mid-escape, the battery's dying on his phone. Mm-hmm. And the zombies realise and Lisa gets bit. Yep. And the scream that Chris lets out mm-hmm. is heartbreaking. Which then immediately turns the zombies to him. And he gets bit. Yeah. And they die together. Which is horrible. Horrible. They die together watching the movie that he made yeah. of their relationship. And, and just it's all like, videos of them yeah. and his nan. And, and it's it, really sad. It is really sad. And yeah, it, it's, it's I, really I good writing. maybe one of them would die. Because whenever you have a couple in a zombie movie, one of them's going to die. But for both of them to die and for them to die together... I'm at this point where I'm thinking, right, Anna's going to survive, Steph's going to survive, and Nick's going to survive. Yeah, now, and how have we got stuck with Nick being one of the people yeah, that survives? and I'm thinking, well, if Chris survives, he's got to now experience life without Lisa, which I don't want. But also Lisa hasn't had enough character growth to kind of justify surviving yeah lisa has doesn't have enough of a character depth for us to want her to survive i want her to survive but she doesn't but see she's not like our main cast but also would really throw the kind of survival off of having mm-hmm. like three girls survive and just nick survive for the yeah because up till now we've had two and two yeah and then at the same time it just feels so corny to have chris survive and still keep it two and two yeah so the heat they had to die but mm. it, it doesn't make really this moment sad. any easier. We are now back in the theatre. Mr. Savage is holding Daddy Anna hostage. And we have yes. Give Them a Show. We know she means business because mm-hmm. Anna ties her hair up. Yes, finally. I was so yes. pleased. I actually cheered when this you happened. Did. She's had her hair down this whole time and apparently has just had a hairband on her wrist yep. for the entire movie and she hasn't tied her hair up yet. This has really irritated me. Yeah. I have quite short hair and I can only really tie half of it up without most of it coming out of the ponytail. But I would be pinning my hair back for this or just cutting it all off. Yeah. Because you do not want to get caught with long hair down in any kind of horror movie. No, because it's something for them to latch onto or something that can get caught. I like the line, a purge on this species is long overdue. Ooh, that's a great line. It is. Mr. Savage has really lost it. We get some jazzy dancing when he's up on the stage whilst Anna's fighting the zombies. Mm-hmm. He basically just decided he wants to be king of the zombies. Yeah, because he's not going to be king of the teachers or the students. At least these zombies he can control. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember how we said Anna having a good aim was going to be important? Yes. Well, sure enough, she has her candy cane, she has a volleyball... Mm-hmm. She knocks it through the middle and she uh, gets up on stage. Mm-hmm. She saves her dad and he fights with Mr. Savage. Yes, which is his own downfall, it unfortunately. Is. If they'd have just... Because Anna has a, even has a line. So her dad punches Mr. Savage. Yeah. And then Anna grabs his arm and it's like, Dad, he's not worth it. We need to leave. Yeah they had just left we'd all be fine however at this point mr savage turns around grabs a bottle off of the table smashes it and is going to attack tony yes yeah 
And then it's revealed that there's like a cage next to the stage with a zombie in it. Yeah. Which was very strange. I don't know why only one of them is in there. Why do we have a cage in the theatre? Maybe that was like a teacher and they got bit and they were already caged. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's the and first they, yeah. teacher to get bitten. That would be interesting. But yeah, we have... Maybe a... there's more that we didn't see, like a deleted scene. There's a lot of deleted yeah, scenes. Yeah, so maybe it's one of those that leads to that. Mm. But Tony and Mr. Savage get in a tussle. Tony's pushed backwards against the cage and then he manages to flip yeah. Savage around. And do you remember how I said the Phantom's messing was going to be important? Yes, indeed. Now, Mr. Savage missed the star first time round. Mm-hmm. He was he was watching. This time, Anna triggers the star. Yep. And it goes straight into Mr. Savage. And he's thrown, thrown backwards. into the zombie mosh pit. Yep. And he just... <laughs> the zombie mosh pit. But it is. And he's, his arms are stretched out like he is. Jesus he Christ. He's enjoying it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, he's screaming, he's being eaten. And at this point, I said, her dad's been bitten. Yes. And it was when he, he when was When he was pushed him. against the cage, yeah. Anna's heartbroken. Yeah. Understandably. Everything that's motivated her in this film is gone. Yes. And he gives her his blessing to live. Mm-hmm. And, and she's, she... I'm not coming. I'm not leaving you. I'm yeah. going to stay with you. And he's like, no, you're going to leave. And then Nick survives. Yeah, and we have... This really tread. This is the part that made me care about Nick. Yeah. Weirdly, is Anna says to her dad, "Do you want me to help you? Meaning, do you want me to kill you so that you don't become a zombie?" And Nick, and Nick says, says, "No, don't. You you can't come back because Nick had to." And yeah, it's obviously really messed him yeah. up. And actually, it's one of those moments like it doesn't forgive everything Nick's done as a human, but no. And these are children. Yeah, you can understand why he's he's struggling now. And yeah. this, you know, bravado. Mm. I kill them all. I hit <laughs> them with my baseball bat. He can't let Anna have that same yeah. guilt that he has. And he stops and they go. And they, they're outside and they're surrounded by all the zombies. And we get, I will believe, mm-hmm. a really great calm song. It gets you ready for like the finale. Yeah. You know, um, dad dies looking at Anna on his phone. Mm-hmm. We get really sad shots of all of their loved ones as zombies. Oh, so, this is the worst part. Yeah, because you never really see the Like, aftermath. it's great. Yeah, oh, but... it's great. But you see uh, Chris and Lisa, and you see their hands just this, connect and go. It made me so upset. Yeah. So Chris and Lisa zombies are, like, shuffling around in the staff room, and their shoulders bump as they go past each other and you see their fingers lock for a second and then drag away from each other. And that's it. Because they don't know who each other yeah, are that's anymore. it. They're, they're gone. Oh my God. And then we go back to the Christmas tree emporium and we see John's remains. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I really don't want to see like his, his... I don't need to see John torn apart. But he's luckily not as torn apart. He's mm-hmm. just sat propped up and he's a zombie as well. Yeah, and because we've established at this point that zombies like shiny things, Yeah. He, he his Christmas jumper lights up. He triggers it. He triggers the Christmas and... jumper and then he's just sat enjoying his light up yeah, Christmas jumper. that Christmas jumper was so cute. So sad. It is. But just as and then Nick Mark... and Anna are thinking that's it, Yeah. Steph shows up. Mm. I will say this, the song they've just sung, I Will Believe, which is where all of those shots happen. Mark Benton, who is playing Tony, incredible singer. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. But his whole... Like, you see him getting paler and paler and looking mm. sicker and sicker. 
as he sat looking at the picture of Anna on his phone and they're singing the same song but they're not together yeah. anymore. I love moments like that in musicals yeah. because like that's what musicals do. You have the connection between people without having to see them together. I love it. It's yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And yeah, they get in the car mm-hmm. and she just shouts, boom, saved your life. <laughs> yeah. And someone should have been like, now is not the time. Yeah. And we get the line, where to next? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, logically, I mean, Anna's got a ticket to Australia. It's true. (laughs) The wilderness is kind of the answer to that. But we do get one final jump scare. Uh, Yeah, I forgot about this. It's so weird, because I wouldn't say this film has jump scares. It's kind of just one ending one. But we see like this CGI banner, Mm -hmm. and then it comes past, and then there's zombie Santa. Yeah. And that's it. The the credit sequence is really good as well. Like the animations, they're all running to survive. Yeah, that was cute. That. I, I love a really random cute. animated sequence. And then we have the song What a Time to Be Alive yeah. as well, which was another song that was supposed to be in the film and then got moved and is now in the um credits. Yeah. Who was your MVP in this one? That is a really good question. For me it's Steph, because I really liked her character. See, I really, really liked Steph. She was yeah. great. But I think Mr. Savage is my MVP. Yeah. He is so instantly dislikable. Yes. He's so slimy. And all of his songs are absolute bops. And he does really go on that journey as well. Like, he goes from being everything to control to losing it completely to the point where now he's like... I'll take what I can get. Literally bottom. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back up. But now he's a psycho. Yeah. And unhinged. Mm-hmm. And I love a properly unhinged villain. Yes. I don't need, with villains in movies, I don't need you to have a reason for why you're doing this. Yeah. I don't need you to have some like epic backstory about how you weren't loved as a child. I'm not interested. If you're just properly crazy, yeah. and you're just doing it because, do you know what, at this point it's fun, brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. What's your best song? Ooh, good question. What is my best song? Probably, oh, either Turning My Life Around or It's That Time of Year. I said Turning My Life Around or Hollywood Ending. Yeah, Hollywood Ending my... The only song I have not put onto my Spotify playlist, my only skip song is Fish Rap. <laughs> like, Fair it enough. was fun. And mm-hmm. I didn't dislike, I just don't, you know, it's inconsequential. It's a funny little moment. Yeah. I could put all the songs as my best songs, but the ones that really, really I enjoyed were Hey, hey, hey. Because I just think that song's so upbeat and mm-hmm. awesome. And I just really like It's a nice sequence it too. It is, yeah. But I really like the Hollywood ending just because I really like the lyrics and I, I just thought it was great. Yeah. My skip song is Fish Rap. Fair enough. What was your skip song? So I'm I was not including Fish Rap yeah. on the songs list for this because it is just kind of a throwaway little scene. Yeah. So if if we weren't including fish rap, my skip it song would be Soldier at War. I like Soldier at War. I so know. I just I liked the way it was performed. I like it in the context of the film. Yeah. I think on its own, I wouldn't listen to it. Well, we'll find out because <laughs> <laughs> it's on your playlist now. I would say then, if I'm not allowed to include that song, yeah, as my skip song, yeah, you take fish rap out. What would your skip it song be?
See, the only other song that's got like a low rating, mm. which is three out of five, after that is actually Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now. And I wouldn't skip that one. Why is that only three out of five? I don't like the sequence that accompanies it. I love his performance, but I feel like I don't like that Anna and the gang are literally just stuck behind a table. That's very Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love his performance His there. performance where he's behind the grates watching them get basically being killed and he's dancing and just having a great time. And he dances like okay. um, Riff Raff yeah. in Rocky Horror, which I kind of love. I'll tell you what it will be. Because I think I, I'm curious to see how it works without the context of the film. Right. I will believe. Fair enough. Because I think that song works so beautifully, and I love this song. But do I love it because of the imagery that we're presented? Yeah, the tragedy you know, that goes with the tragedy it. of everything. Hmm. Do I love it for that reason? Will it compare when I'm not watching something? Fair enough. That makes sense. Which role would you want to play, and why is it Steph? <laughs> I love Steph. No, I'd want to be Lisa. Okay. Because I want to sing It's That Time of Year. Cool. And she's just funny. Yeah, fair. I. If it wasn't for that, I feel like. Right. When I choose when we do this for movies, I always pick the person who I think has the best songs that I would want to sing. Yeah. And the best performance. So. Really, Anna is like the choice here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Lisa's song, I love. It is my favourite song. Yeah. But Steph has my favourite performance. But I think it's a shame that Steph doesn't get her own song. It is actually, yeah. Maybe maybe the actress just wasn't a singer. I don't know. She's a very good singer. Yeah. I. Everyone in this is a great it's singer. It's a weird choice. Who do you want to play? And why is it John? I would I, I put Sa- Mr. Savage first. Okay. Because there's always something about the villain. And like I say, he has a really good like character arc of starting off as like mm. arrogant head to be. And you then... have a really interesting range of male uh, roles to choose yes. from this one. I, I like, you know, his his trajectory. Mm-hmm. I think by playing John, you know, he's a nerd first yeah. and foremost. But I also feel like you get this really brilliant like culmination in your story. Mm-hmm. And I would I would really like playing playing that character. Yeah. Now, before we go into my star rating mm-hmm. and, you know, as a rare occurrence, your star rating. Yeah. You know, just a few responses. So um, Friday the 13th Horror Podcast said this movie is, <laughs> that is great. the best name ever. They're a really good podcast. I really like them. Yeah. The movie is great. The soundtrack is out of this world. A hundred percent. The soundtrack mm. for this is amazing. Yeah. Really liked it. Obviously, we we can't let this episode pass without talking about Jared Good's response. Our number know. one boy and benefactor of this episode. Yes. I hope you do enjoy Anna. I have a feeling Drew might like it more than Danny. I can't stand the villain. And there's a lot of stuff that's unnecessary and clutters things up sometimes. But the leads are so charming and there are enough solid moments that it makes it all worth it. I've seen this film so many damn times now. Mm. It's rough around the edges, but a crowd pleaser. And anyone who's my friend is required to watch it. And you are all in the friend circle now. Ah, So, interestingly, Jared Good lives in America. Yes. So he's probably seen the US version, Mm -hmm. which is actually shorter than the version we've just watched. Yeah. So... (laughs) Funny story. I actually said to him... There's three different cuts of this film. 
we don't know which one we're going to watch. So apologies if we've missed some of your best jokes. Yeah. As soon as I told him that, he ordered the Blu-ray, the director's cut, because he didn't Incredible. know that existed. But, so he said that he feels like there are moments that clutter it up. I didn't feel like there was anything in this no. film that was unnecessary or... I would say I would Maybe cut... the fish wrap. But... I would say there's 30 seconds I'd cut and that was Steph getting peed on by the old age zombie. Yeah. That's it. That's I the can't only thing think that of I was anything like... else cluttered other than that and the fish wrap. The fish wrap is just like silly, Scene inconsequential, British kind of humour for yeah. what we'd have at these kind of school sixth form talent shows. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in there that I would say is actually clutter. No. Which is interesting. Mm. I'd like to see the director's cut and see yeah. what I feel is cluttered there. I feel like this is a movie I do actually want to own. Drew. Yes. Star rating. What stops it being five? The missing songs, because I went away and listened to them. And it just, even though this film was really, really good, and I loved all the songs, and I loved the plot and everything, it doesn't feel finished. Okay. I don't know if you know what I mean. I don't. I just feel like, it could have been like maybe 15 minutes longer and we could have had some more character development for the dad. Yeah. Which obviously is something that we are missing because we know there's these Well, songs. like I said, I would like to see more of his subplot. Mm-hmm. Which you do get if it was yeah. a longer film. Other than that, I think it's amazing. So this is what's really funny. Jared said that you would like it more than me and I gave it five stars. Oh. I adored this it's so good it is really really good it just doesn't hit my five star i agree with you that this is one i feel like i would love to own Mm -hmm. over here we watched it on sky movies because it's part of the sky christmas box set yeah we i say we i have you know dvd case filled with christmas films and each year i treat myself to a new one Mm -hmm. i bought last christmas this year next year it will certainly be anna and the apocalypse that i purchase because it's nice to own physical media sometimes and mm. Anna and the Apocalypse is one that someday when we have kids I will be so excited to sit down and watch with our kids 100% like that will be a passing of the torch moment yeah next week so next week we are watching Meet Me in St. Louis I got a little bit of a sneak preview of this one because it showed up in Deck the Halls yeah it did they're watching it in Deck the Halls with a really annoying child yeah <laughs> Now, the reason we're watching this yeah. is because it is kind of a hallmark of Christmas for my mum. Okay. So every single year it's on, every single year we watch it. Yeah. And it just is kind of a Christmas classic for me, despite the fact that it isn't only set at Christmas. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I also find it really interesting that people on Twitter have been saying they'd love to see us cover this one. Yeah, same. So. Yeah, next week we are going to be watching Meet Me in St. Louis. Are we watching the film version or are we watching the stage show version? We're watching the film, the Judy Garland movie. Okay. As must. So this is the one that was actually referenced Yeah. in in that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this one. You know, we are going to be counting down to christmas mm-hmm. and i'm very very excited we've got a great christmas lineup yep we're going to be covering christmas in on the square yes we are 
which is going to be very, very exciting. We might cover Elf the Musical, but we might also cover White Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover Prom. The Prom, yeah. It's going to be a great time this December. So, thank you for sticking with us. This is one of our longest episodes for a while, but yes. this was a great, great film. If you haven't seen it, you absolutely should. Yep. If, like Jared Good, you have a musical that you would really, really like us to cover, mm. you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod, keep us caffeinated, and you know, in response, as a thank you, we will cover a show that you would like. Yeah. You can, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at it's a musical pod. Mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts. Did you watch this film for the first time? And do you agree with our takes? Or are you a fan of this film? Or maybe this film wasn't for you? And you can let us know why. Let us know your thoughts on Meet Me in St. Louis. And again, are you a fan? Are you not a fan? Let us know your thoughts and we will discuss them on the show next week. Like we have done with Friday the 13th podcast and Jared Good. Mm -hmm. You can download, subscribe and listen to us via Apple Podcasts, via Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, and our OG host, Podbean. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating and help us with the old algorithm. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a magical, musical Monday. We will see you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. Bye.